name's Geraldine Johns Putra, and this is the New Earth Lawyer podcast. I uh, woke up this morning and I had a thought about what I wanted to speak to you about today. I had this whole thing planned out to talk to you about the concept of democracy, uh, the legal system, the political system around democracy. And then I woke up this morning and I felt I had to say something else and really why I feel that I have to do that is um, because many of you would be aware that there's this massive change happening right now and that we are in the month of August uh, and August is a very active month for energetic changes and I've been feeling this too. I've been feeling like it's a time to kind of sit back and uh, be prepared, but at the same time to keep an eye out on on what's happening without getting too enmeshed in it. I don't know if many of you follow the work of Jason Estes or Franco Di Nicola. Uh, They're two people I follow a, a reasonable amount. Jason, not so much. Franco, a lot more. But they've been talking about this concept of walk-ins, this idea that a huge number of souls, highly um, advanced souls, are going to walk into this planet, are going to drop in to this planet using the physical vessels that are already here, either physical vessels that are being occupied by souls who no longer wish to continue because they're done with their journey on Earth, or... Um, physical vessels that aren't actually occupied by a one soul um, that are, you know, like the, the, the backdrop people or the extras who are basically running on autopilot. So in both of these types of walk-ins, a mass number of highly advanced souls are going to come in and help us move this awakening along I think it was Jason Estes who who said the 15th of August was going to be a really important date for that to happen, to start happening. On the 15th of August, I had a dream where I was involved in processing a large number of these souls coming in. It was like they were coming in on a 747 aircraft and, and there was a group of them that I was responsible for and um, I had to find new identities for them um, and you know, take them to a specific area uh, to be processed separately. So I was responsible for this group. Now I'm sure they've already sorted out their identities but in my dream that's what I was helping them to do. They were the whole group will come in to walk in the whole plane load, but my group was a specific set for a specific mission. And since that night, a few nights ago, it was just a handful of nights ago earlier this week. Every night I've been in dream state, working with these souls on different scenarios, Um, different scenarios of disclosure, particularly, very active, very involved work, and in different countries. Um, I can't really remember the specifics of it, 
but in in each each night that I have a dream, we go through different scenes. So we go through different simulations of the same thing. Uh, so in dream state, I feel like I'm working really intensely with a group. So that's what when I woke up this morning, I I, I thought, well, I'm due to come on and talk to you all. Uh, I could talk about democracy, which I will do a little bit. Um, but I also felt like I needed to tell you all what I'm experiencing right now in real time because we're ramping up and we're going to start making changes in the actual physical world. So <clears throat> that's a short update of, of my dream activity. And so what I wanted to do is to tell you a little bit about what I was originally going to tell you about democracy. But I want, I would hope that uh, anyone watching this bears in mind that you know, we're talking about a system that we're going to change. We, we, it is in flux now and the ramp up to change is going to accelerate from now on and we're actually going to be seeing it uh, all around the world, you know, governments changing and so on. Um, it's going to be different in each country. I here am in Australia, so whatever falls unfolds in Australia is going to be different from the next country as to how the changes take place. But you know, just quickly on to democracy. You know, we here in Australia say that we live in a democracy. It's a system that's adopted from the UK system or the Westminster system. We talk about the separation of powers in a democracy, which is a good thing. The separation of powers is a great concept. It's it's the separation of government powers so that not all of the power is centralised in the one place. So the government powers of the legislature, the executive and the judiciary uh, are the three, three powers of government and they're kept separate so that they keep an eye on each other. That's what we call checks and balances. In Australia, that system is very clearly set out in our constitution because our constitution has these three parts of government set out in different chapters. So parliament or the legislature makes the laws. The executive, which in the Australian system is our prime minister, the cabinet, the government departments, it uh, carries out the laws administers and then we have the judiciary or the courts which interprets the laws and so each of those are supposed to keep an eye on each other you know the courts keep an eye on the laws made by parliament make sure that they they are lawfully made and and are lawful in themselves um, keeps an eye the courts keep an eye on executive powers you know parliament is supposed to ensure that government does the executive government does the right thing uh, and so on and so forth um, in Australia under our constitution our Australian parliament actually comprises the two houses which is the upper house called the Senate and the lower house called the House of Representatives and the Queen. The Queen of England is actually part of our Australian Parliament. I won't talk about that today, but that's an important point for any Australians here to remember. The Queen's part of our Parliament. So the lower house 
or the House of Representatives. That's traditionally supposed to represent the people. That's why we call it the House of Representatives. Uh, you see this more clearly in the UK, where you know their lower house is truly elected, and then they have the House of Lords, which is their upper house, which is a peerage. You know that's where all the nobility traditionally uh, sit. Our upper house is called the Senate, and its job traditionally is to approve the laws. So what happens is a bill or a new law that's being proposed comes into Parliament. Normally, it comes into the lower house. It's introduced by the executive, one of the ministers, and then it goes into, it gets presented to the lower house, uh, gets debated and then passed by the lower house, and then it goes up to the Senate and gets debated there, and then the Senate might request amendments or not, and then if the Senate passes it, after that it has to be assented to by our Governor-General, who is the representative of the Queen. So remember I said the Queen's part of Parliament. So a law doesn't become a law in Australia until it's been through all of that process. And that's at the federal level. So that's that's how our laws are supposedly representative of we the people in Australia because we elected the the parliament. And that that concept, the elect the election of parliament is called representative democracy. And that's in our constitution. That's written in our constitution. Because our constitution says that parliamentarians must be directly chosen by the people and they have to have limited terms of service. So, so far, so good. Okay, like, this is how it's all supposed to work when, when it's working. And this is how it's set out in our constitution. I don't have a, an issue with any of that, this idea that we directly elect the parliamentarians and then the parliamentarians have this process of how laws are supposed to be passed. Um, now, there's something else that our democracy relies upon in Australia to function, and that's not written in the Constitution. It's called responsible government. Responsible government. Now, that, um, there, are few, there are a few angles to it or a few parts to it. Uh, the, the first is that under the umbrella of responsible government, the executive which is, like I said, our Prime Minister, his or her cabinet, and the government departments, that's what they are in practice. The executive must be responsible to Parliament and must obtain and maintain the confidence of the lower house, the House of Representatives, the house that's traditionally the elected house. So in theory, it's supposed to mean that the executive arm of government is accountable to the electorate. This isn't written anywhere in the Constitution. In practice, what it means is that the political party that controls the lower house will form the government. That's what responsible government translates to, that the party that controls the House of Representatives will the leader of that party will become the prime minister and will form government. 
So the unwritten rules also have another function, and they limit the actions of our Governor-General. Remember I said the Governor-General is the rep of the Queen, so it's actually a check on monarchy. Um, because under Australia's constitution, what's written down in it, who is the executive government? The executive government is the Queen. And her power, her executive power, is exercisable by her rep, the Governor-General. That's what's written down. But in practice, thanks to the concept of responsible government, the Governor-General is just a figurehead. So, for example, he or she has the power to appoint and dismiss ministers, but in actual fact what happens is he or she acts on the advice of the Prime Minister, who is the leader of the political party that controls the lower house. Um, and then also, of course, the, the leader of the political party under this unwritten rule becomes the Prime Minister. And by the way, the words Prime Minister don't appear at all in our constitution, okay? So uh, that's just a creature of convention that we have a Prime Minister. Um, so to a large degree, what happens in each state in Australia is pretty much reflective of what I've just described, right? Uh, the leader of each state, whom in Australia we call the premiers, his or her ministers, they're all appointed by the same convention. Except I should say in Queensland, they only have one house of parliament. But it all comes down to whoever has the power in that state comes down to who controls the lower house or in Queensland, who controls that one house of parliament. Um, so these are the written and unwritten rules that basically form our democracy. Uh, yeah, there's another important part and that is that the judiciary uh, we have a judiciary and a rule of law in Australia, but I, I won't go into that. I'm focusing on the political uh, electoral system. Why does it sometimes feel like, you know, even if we have these unwritten and written rules, why does it feel like we don't have many rights at all in Australia as citizens to ensure that our government, whom we elected, um, acts in our interest? Well, the biggest culprit is, is this idea of responsible government, right? In my humble opinion. Because the, because of the control and domination it gives to the political party that, that is in power. Because they control the lower house and they form the executive government. Uh, political parties aren't a part of our constitution. They're not written into our constitution. And for many lawmakers, what we see parliamentarians, we see them adopt the party line when it comes to how to vote in parliament, rather than thinking about what the people who elected them really want, their constituents back in their local electorate. They are supposed to owe a duty of public trust to the people who elected them. There's an old High Court case from 1920, so more than 100 years old, that says that these duties include watching the conduct of the executive on behalf of the general community and criticizing and, if necessary, calling it to account in the constitutional way by censure from his place in parliament. How often do we see, minute, do we see members of parliament criticizing the executive, the prime minister or the premier, the ministers and so on, if they're all from the same party? doesn't happen very often. So the idea of representative democracy becomes overruled by party politics. 
And this brings us to our second problem when it comes to passing laws, laws that are passed for us, the people, on our behalf. The executive, because it controls the lower house, dominates. So it's usually in charge of, of introducing laws to be passed and it also controls the timetable of parliament and it influences how much debate is, is actually conducted over the new laws, the proposed laws or the bills. Um, yes, Australia and most states, we have upper houses or senates that aren't necessarily controlled by the same political party that controls the lower house and that gives us a, a one form of check and balance because the law still has to be passed not just by the lower house that's dominated by the, the political party in power, it has to be passed or approved by the, the upper house. And often the upper house isn't controlled by the same political party. But we have a very fragmented uh, nature in most of our senates. Uh, and what tends to happen is that a lot of minor parties have senators and many of these minor parties or independents um, actually control what we call the balance of power because by voting with the government, by voting with the political party in power, they can actually make sure that the laws get passed and the laws then become assented to by the governor or the governor general and become our laws. So there's a, there's a lot that ends up in the hands of the political party in charge. And their policies get written by bureaucrats and, you know, eventually become our laws. The, the, their leader, who's elected not directly by the people but by the party room, becomes the leader of the state or the leader of the country. And so while we go about our business and assume that everything's fine, everything's being run capably by, by the politicians and the bureaucrats, um, when something really strikes us as going not the way we want it to, when we want to voice our views, we find all of a sudden we have a limited way of doing that. And so I wanted to introduce this whole idea of democracy, and next week I'm going to talk about what we can actually do about it. Uh, as a lawyer, I'm going to talk in legal terms about it. Um, but I wanted us to start thinking about, <clears throat> as we go through this massive um, state of flux, and know that we have the ability to change things powerfully. Um, what does democracy mean? What's not so right with our current systems? What's right and what's not so right? And how would we like to see change happen? So that's it from me this week. From now on, I'm going to be uh, a lot more current, uh, telling you what's going on in in my life in the work that I'm doing while continually updating you on legal stuff that I'm guided to. So have a, a great week and I'll see you soon.